For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Eric Erickson here. Uh, breaking news happening right now. My wife's scans are good. Thank you for the prayers. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Thank you for the prayers. You, you know, just can I, let me just pause for a moment. We'll get back to Donald Trump here in a minute. Uh, so she's doing a strongman competition in the end of October. Uh, stage four, lung cancer and training to pull a UPS truck. I don't know that she'll be able to pull it off. She doesn't either, but she's working on it. Uh, when she was diagnosed in 2016 with lung cancer, she was given two years to live and didn't expect to uh, be here. And for a time, just kind of didn't do much, uh, resigned to death, and that didn't happen. And so here we are all these years later, and we've got a, a kid in her senior year in high school that... Christy didn't expect to be here for, uh, going through the college application process that Christy didn't expect to help with, have a, a son who's in ninth grade, uh, who's growing and getting to the point where he needs to shave on occasion, um, and uh, she's still here with us, and so good scans today for her. I really do appreciate the prayers. It means so much um, to have so many of you text and email, and it, today was just, it's it was one of those days where... The indictment dropped last night. Um, my son was sick, and we had to take him to. I had to take him to after hours, and um, he's homesick. And she was supposed to go up last night and couldn't because we needed to make sure he didn't have COVID. Thank goodness he didn't have COVID because uh, that would really put a damper on the conference this week. Uh, so she wound up having to get up at five o'clock this morning to go to the hospital to have the scans, and I had to stay home with the kids. Uh, and then all the indictment stuff, I'm I'm just, I'm going in a million directions today, and she's super stressed, and I'm stressed because I couldn't be there with her. And um, so anyway, I, if I seem a little discombobulated, that's why. It's it's life happens, uh, and today a lot of life has happened all at one point, but I really do appreciate the prayer so much. Um, okay, I, 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 I really want to move on, but I really need to dive a little further into all of this because we do have to talk about the political implications, um, whether we want to or not. I want to prioritize the indictments for you in my mind, uh, and you can feel free to disagree. I, I'm okay with it. Um, it, it. This isn't a matter of contention. We can say that they're political. We can say that that they're they're doing it because they want to 
uh, either they want to make him their insurance Republican nominee or they want to stop him. They want to break him. They want to bankrupt him. I think it's political. Uh, I, I think the Alvin Bragg case in New York is the most political and most likely to be thrown out of court. Of the four indictments against Donald Trump, it's the one I wouldn't lose any sleep over if I were Donald Trump. To put the Alvin Bragg case in perspective, Alvin Bragg is trying to claim a misdemeanor bookkeeping error is actually a felony because it's related to a federal campaign finance violation that no one has charged Donald Trump with. And there has never been a state in the United States at the state level to charge someone with a bookkeeping error as a felony based on a campaign rule for which there's been no real underlying indictment or crime. I, I don't see how this even makes it to trial. Uh, I expect a fair-minded judge, and I realize it's New York and all that, but I, it's it's going to be thrown out. It's a crap case. Even Democrats, once they realize the extent of what Alvin Bragg was doing, even Democrats don't want to talk about the Alvin Bragg case. That's how bad it is. It's the worst case. It's the weakest case. Number three in the indictment is the Mar-a-Lago, or I'm sorry, not the Mar-a-Lago, the, the Jack Smith Washington D.C. case. To prove the president's state of mind, essentially what the the Jack Smith case in Washington, D.C. alleges is that Donald Trump knew the election was not stolen, yet comported himself in such a way to pressure the vice president of the United States to uh, block the county of Electoral College votes and to organize a riot to storm into the U.S. Capitol to block Congress from doing its job. The problem is if Donald Trump really believed the election was stolen, then you can't accuse him of violating the law because in Donald Trump's mind, he was trying to protect the integrity of the election. There is a state of mind issue here. There is a mens rea issue. Uh, the president had to know he was breaking the law, presume he wanted to obstruct Congress as opposed to doing the right thing. And it's got to be proven with circumstantial evidence because Donald Trump's not going to testify. So you got to use circumstantial evidence to prove that Donald Trump really did know. And what they're going to do is they're going to say, the, the attorney general, the assistant attorney general, the Department of Homeland Security, the governors in the states, the speakers of the House in several states told him it wasn't uh, stolen. And he chose to believe these cranks and charlatans and people who weren't experts because he knew it wasn't stolen, but he had to, in order to raise money and profit from it and disrupt Congress, had to claim it. Uh, that's what they'll do. It's a state of mind issue, and I think it's a hard case. Going up the ladder from number four to number three is the Jack Smith case in D.C. The number two case, the one that I would actually be worried about if I were in Trump's shoes, is the Georgia Fulton County case. The reason I would be more concerned about it is a couple of things. One, the Georgia RICO statute is far broader than the federal statute. I think there are 20, 24 to 27 federal crimes and seven underlying state statutes that can be used in federal RICO. Georgia's got, I think, about 50 state crimes that can be used. In addition, you can use uh, incidents in other states under the Georgia law. Not only that, you don't have to prove an actual criminal enterprise. Use the language of criminal enterprise, but it's not the same under federal law. It's not as, as, and not as specific. You do not have to show an actual organized, organizing entity uh, trying to break the law. You just show a group of people working in concert to break the law, and that's your criminal enterprise. It's a far lower standard than the federal government. On top of that, to show racketeering in the state of Georgia, that is to show people operated in such a way as to engage in an unlawful purpose together, 
the standard there is less than the federal racketeering standard. So Georgia has a broader statute with lower burdens of proof for the prosecution. That's why I would be bothered if I were Donald Trump. What the prosecutor has done is said, hey, he on October 31st agreed to claim whether he won or lost that he did win, and if he lost to claim it was stolen. And that's what he did. He made a speech, said he won, but it was stolen. And everything thereafter was part of the conspiracy to steal the election. The problem for Donald Trump in Georgia is this, more than anything else, there were acts that were undertaken that were illegal. Accessing voting machines in Coffee County, Georgia. If the defense or the the defend the district attorney is to be believed, they carried ballots out of that location. That's illegal in Georgia. You can't carry ballots out of the out of the board of elections, which they claim that happened. They also claim that they uh, pulled uh, computer code and computer information off the. Uh, Dominion voter system machines and uploaded it to the internet to a secure site. All of that is pretty illegal. If they show that, well, there's a crime. They only need two crimes to show Rico. So they show that happened. They also say a lot of false statements were made before the state government in the state legislature. A lot of the allegations about stuff happening in the uh, state farm arena, the broken water pipes, what the ballot uh, counters did or didn't do. They say those are false crimes or false statements. That's a crime under Georgia Rico. So if you put two of those together, the jury says they're both crimes. They both did things that were illegal. Well, suddenly they've got a Rico case. Now they just have to tie it back to Donald Trump. And what they say is, hey, this was about his election. He knew this was happening. He participated at some high level in this. Even though he didn't participate at a low level, he still participated. Therefore, he's involved. That's very, very hard for the defendants to rebut because we know Donald Trump was involved with some of these. Their defense is going to be, I just believe my lawyers. My lawyers told me this was a real issue. My lawyers told me to go in this direction. That's where they went. That's what they inspected. Therefore, I just listened to my lawyers. That's a good defense. That's a good defense for Donald Trump. But if you say the lawyers were involved in the criminal enterprise as well, it becomes less of a good defense because suddenly they're all involved in this criminal enterprise, and that's what Fonnie Willis intends to show. The other issue is Ruby Freeman was one of the, the election workers in Fulton County. She was vilified, slandered, maligned. She's suing for libel. Uh, she's suing for defamation. She's going to win that case. Uh, they lied about her. They showed up at her house. They tried to convince her to give false testimony if it's to be believed what happened. They tried to intimidate her into recanting what she said happened. Donald Trump may not have been involved with it, but because they're saying that's part of this overall criminal conspiracy, he's got to worry about these idiots who showed up at Ruby Freeman's house. That's a big case. But the most damning case against Donald Trump is the documents case in Florida. Because you're essentially just proving he didn't comply with a statute and a subpoena. And that's going to be easy to prove. And the reason it's going to be easy to prove is because we know this timeline. The National Archives requested all of the classified documents. Donald Trump's team responded, we gave you all the classified documents. The National Archives said this isn't true and a grand jury was convened. The grand jury requested all the classified documents and more classified documents were handed over despite having told the National Archives everything had already been turned over. The grand jury was convinced that they still didn't do this. Therefore, the FBI raided 
and found even more classified documents. And in the process, we've now uncovered, they've uncovered evidence that Donald Trump told uh, aides at Mar-a-Lago to hide documents from his lawyers. His lawyers' notes uh, indicate Donald Trump asked the lawyers to hide documents. All of that stuff, if what they've just put out so far is shown to be real, that's a violation of statutes related to classified documents. That is the case most likely to send Donald Trump to prison. More than all the others, that's the case most likely to send him to jail because it's very cut and dry. Did you comply with the subpoena or not? Did you comply with the statute or not? And it doesn't look like he did. But there's still a problem. And I know the left gets mad when you point this out, but it's still a real problem. Can you get a jury, even a jury of people who don't like Donald Trump, can you convince that jury it is worth it for the good of this country and the law to put Donald Trump, former president of the United States, in prison? Can you really convince people? Will the weight of that decision weigh down so hard on people that they instead throw everyone else in prison and not him? I think it's very likely that a jury in Fulton County, that a jury in um, in Florida, even maybe a jury in Washington says, we're going to throw all these other people in prison, but we can't bring it to, we would start a civil war in this country if we threw this man in prison. We're not going to do it. Everybody else goes to prison and he gets off. I still think that's a likely outcome and one the left can bellyache and scream about but after you've gone through a jury process, you've gone through voir dire, the, the, the president's attorneys get to help select people uh, for the jury, and you get as fair and balanced a jury as possible, will that jury, with the weight of history and the country on them, want to throw a former president in prison? I just don't know that they will. I'm not saying they won't, but I'm not saying they will. Well-connected and well-respected. It's Eric Erickson, live every weekday. Want to be on the show? Come on, be on the show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Have I bored you enough now about the... Listen, I, I, I this is one of those balances you got to strike sometimes uh, so that you're in the know and, and you're more knowledgeable than your neighbors. I, I Let me make one very last brief point, and we're going to move on to everything else. However, if you have questions, I'm willing to answer your questions. 877-973-7425. Uh, one thing you're going to see, because I'm seeing it online, for example... Uh, and I've said this before, um, here, here's one, Act 114 in the indictment. On or about the third day of January 2021, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account at Real Donald Trump, quote, I spoke to Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger yesterday about Fulton County and voter fraud in Georgia. He was unwilling or unable to answer questions such as the ballots under table scam, ballot destruction, out-of-state voters, dead voters, and more. He has no clue. This was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. People are looking at that and say, how is that a crime for him to tweet that out? How is that a crime? It's not. You're seeing people online take screenshots of these things that say act with a number. Those are not crimes. He is not charged with mean tweeting. He is not charged with calling people on the phone. 
He is not charged with trying to get people to get on the phone. For example, here's another one. Uh, on or about the third day of January, these people placed multiple telephone calls and sent text messages to each other. And you have this list of people who sent text messages and phone calls. How is that a crime? It's not a crime. And you're seeing people online say, well, they're charging them with sending phone calls to each other. Well, how is this a crime? It's not a crime. What you have to show in a RICO case is all of the acts taken in furtherance of the conspiracy. And many of those acts are legal acts that then ultimately lead to a criminal act. They have to show them all. So when your friends say, did you know they're charging Donald Trump with tweeting about an interview on TV? They're not doing that. Please don't fall for that. Most of the people doing this online know better. They just don't care. I care greatly. The truth matters most. Now, we're going to move on, but I will take your questions. I'm so tired of talking about this. <laughs> but it's the job. I shouldn't complain. It's a good job. Before I go anywhere else, though, let me tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because you can get three of them for less than $200. I'm in my home office today. I had one running earlier, uh, and they work. You, this thing, you hold it in your hand. It's a little bigger than your hand. It's like a paperback book, and you plug it into the wall, or you can plug it in with a USB cord in a car. If you have a USB outlet in the car, it works that way, too, and it just eliminates odors. You can get three of them by going to EdenPureDeals.com, putting in the discount code ERIC. You get them for less than $200. They eliminate odors, smoke odors. Uh, in a rental car, in a home, in a hotel room, smoke odors, musty odors, litter box odors, pet odors, mildewy odors, cooking odors, frying odors. They wipe out those odors. Uh, I've stayed in hotels that use them. I've used them in my house. I've used them in rental cars. They're small enough I can keep one in my travel bag, and then I keep one in my office, uh, and we keep one uh, out on our back porch, and you can get three of them for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code ERIC, E-R. R-I-C-K, uh, you'll see them for less than $200. So you went for upstairs, went for downstairs, went for your basement, your travel bag, your RV, wherever you need them, and they just work. They also trap the dust and the pollen and the mold floating in the air. EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Go check them out today and clean the air in your house. Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Uh, should you wish to be a part of the program, one of the issues I want to actually talk politics for a minute. One of the things that really is that the Trump team is going to have to assess uh, legitimately, it's, it's, it's an issue that this is for them to decide. Money. We don't know the latest and we won't for some time. The uh, FEC filings for both President Trump's super PAC and his his campaign directly. But a lot of that money we know based on the prior filings is going to pay the lawyers. This is now four indictments. President Trump could, based on his name ID alone, be the Republican nominee. And in fact, 
if the Republican primary was tomorrow, he would be the Republican nominee. But it's not tomorrow. Uh, it's the end of January or beginning of February begins the process. And based on what we know thus far, he's running out of money. So how does he have a ground game to get people to show up at the Iowa caucuses? Or to turn out to vote in New Hampshire or South Carolina? Many of those people will turn out, but... What about ballot harvesting uh, earlier, the, the absentee ballot game? He's not going to have money for a ground game, and I suspect many of his voters are going to be same-day voters, not early voters. Uh, so the other campaigns have an opportunity for early voting. He's not going to have the money to fund this ground game operation. He's not going to have the money to fund the door knockers because all of his money is going to, one, pay for his flights on his 757, which is not cheap, and pay for his lawyers. I don't have an answer to this for them. And yes, I do think it's intentional by the Democrats. Uh, make the man spend his money on lawyers. They're hoping he would spend his own money, I think. Um, but they're okay with him spending campaign money because every dollar Donald Trump spends for his uh, legal fights against the, the prosecutors is a dollar he can't spend to find someone to knock on doors to get people out to vote. And it's one thing in the Republican primary where you do have a passionate base of supporters for President Trump. But in the general election, he lost the election last time by 43,000 votes. If it was stolen last time, uh, he's done nothing thus far to indicate he can outmaneuver the Democrats this time. In fact, right now, I mean, they're, they're even using their powers to indict him. So how does he keep it from being stolen this time? I don't think he can. But assuming uh, it wasn't stolen, which I don't believe it was, how does he add to those 43,000 he lost last time and get a majority. Is it the Joe Biden economy? Okay, that's a good message, um, that when Donald Trump was president, the economy did not suck until COVID, and that wasn't his fault. The economy didn't suck. It was a very good economy, and now the economy sucks. We're past COVID, and the economy still sucks. You got Joe Biden there, and Biden calls it uh, Bidenomics, and it sucks. That's a great message. So how do you get the message out there? You're going to be tied up in court. How do you get the message out there? You rely on surrogates. Are the surrogates listened as, as much as you? I mean, this is, I'm trying to lay this out for y'all to understand. This is a problem that the campaign has to deal with. Because every dollar spent in court is a dollar not spent on ads. Every dollar spent on lawyers is a dollar spent, is a dollar not spent on door knockers. Every dollar spent on, on going to court, on the motorcade to get to court, on the flight to the lawsuit um, place, wherever it is, uh, that, that's a dollar not spent to get your message out, to get your campaign out, to get your door knockers out, to get your grassroots activists out. Uh, it's a dollar not spent on campaigning for president. And I think the Democrats are really sure about that. They know this is going to happen. They know it's a problem. As long as you're clear-eyed about it. And ultimately, I think the question is going to have to be for Trump supporters. Are they that committed to him that they think he can get through the general and beat Joe Biden this time in a way he didn't last time? I Look, he didn't win last time. You can say it was stolen. Okay, so... How do you have the resources this time to overcome what you couldn't do last time? Hey, look, I, I'm, these are things you got to think about. Do you want to beat Joe Biden? Do you want to stop the advance of the left in this country? Do you want to stop progressives? You've got to start thinking about these sorts of things. Uh, if you bleed the man dry of all of his cash, how can he win? That's something you have to think about. Uh, wishing is not actually planning. And you got to plan, not just wish. So food for thought. 
All right, uh, to the to the phone calls. Uh, let's go next. Craig, you're up. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show, Craig. Uh, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, in getting to my point, I wanted to point out that a recent commentator said that the left is playing a game of Russian roulette by going after Trump like they are. But mm-hmm. at the right's playing the same dangerous game by making him the nominee in the first place, and I fear we're going to be the ones holding the gun when it finally goes off. And which brings me to the point, did you, I don't know if anyone's pointed this out, but once again, an indictment drops just as Biden is getting hammered with bad press across the nation in regards to Hawaii. And now everyone's talking about Donald Trump again and no yeah. one's talking about Biden. That's a good point. Uh, in fact, I put that in my email this morning that, you know, Joe Biden has decided he wants to give people in Hawaii in, in Maui $700 cash, uh, which is $9 less than the monthly cost of living increase thanks to Bidenomics. So he wants to give them less money than it's costing them just to make ends meet these days. Uh, and the Democrats, when when the people were getting $1,000 bonuses after the Trump business tax cuts in 2018, they called $1,000 crumbs. So now they want to give less than crumbs money that's going to get eaten up by the cost of living increase, and nobody's paid attention on that. Now, I will tell you, I, I reject the idea that there is some sort of grand global Democratic conspiracy to, hey, let's indict Trump today. Bad news for Biden. Let's indict him. I don't think they're coordinating on this. I think what's happening is the media is using every opportunity to avoid having to talk about Joe Biden. If Donald Trump were not indicted overnight last night, the lead story today would probably be the Hawaiian fires. And more and more we're learning about the government incompetence and the failures out there. But instead, the media gets to talk about this. Um, That's just something you got to think about. Uh, Eric, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You've got a great show. Hey, um, so I keep hearing about uh, Donald Trump's campaign funds being used to for his legal fights. With all the regulations and so forth, how can he be using campaign money for to fight his to pay his lawyers? Um, because if you believe that this is an effort to stop him from becoming the Republican nominee, it's a political prosecution. Therefore, you can use that money from the campaign in order to do it. Um, the federal election uh, rules require a, only a certain percentage can go to legal fees. However, uh, more and more people run a lot of their their um, campaign expenditures through law firms as a way to kind of mask what precisely they're going to. He's allowed to do this um, under federal campaign finance rules. A lot, a lot of it very nebulous. Additionally. Uh, you do have the super PAC can put some of these people on payroll and they can help the president. They can treat it as pro bono to the president while being on the payroll of the super PAC, which is a little more legally dubious, but it is done. Um, but because he can argue that these prosecutions are politically motivated, uh, he can use his campaign funds to fight them. For perspective, uh, this is from August 1st, the Associated Press. Trump took in $53 million since the start of 2023 record show, a period in which his two criminal indictments in Florida and New York were turned into a rallying cry. Yet the Republican presidential frontrunner burned through $42.8 million of those dollars this year, much of it to cover the costs of the lawyers, his aides, and other allies, leaving him with $31.8 million cash on hand total. That was after receiving a lifeline from a tro- pro-Trump super PAC that agreed to refund millions of dollars in contributions. So $31.8 million cash on hand uh, at the end of the last reporting period, um, but you've got two more indictments to have come since then. 
And there's speculation now he's got maybe less than $10 million in the accounts. That's going to be a problem. If, if he's found guilty for any of these indictments that he's calling political, okay, if he's found guilty, is he has he left himself open for someone to come in and say, hey, look, you were spending that money because you thought it was political persecution. You've been found guilty. Therefore, it's not political prosecution. And now we're going to come after you because you mishandled that money. Is that possible? Uh, no. No, they can't. Um, this actually, okay. I know, I, I, I used to do federal election law and in the regulations. It's your state of mind at the time, not retroactively. So if gotcha. he thinks it's political right now uh, and it turns out not to be, uh, it doesn't matter what it turns out to be. It's his state of mind right now that matters. Okay, thank you. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and by the way, the thing you need to know about the FEC as well, Eric, is that it's two Democrats, two Republicans. So if the two Democrats say he needs to get the money back and the two Republicans say no, he doesn't, well, then it's a draw and he doesn't have to give the money back. That's the way the FEC works. Uh, Doug, you're up next. Doug, welcome to the show. Yeah, great. Uh, you've talked about the electability of Trump versus DeSantis in this middle of the road. The 4% determine the election. It's not the staunch Democrats, not the staunch Republicans. So where do we need to go with this? Where, where, why vote for Trump? And I love him if DeSantis is the only guy that's electable by that 4% in the middle. Uh, look, um, I I think that's something Republicans have to answer. And do you go with the guy who's got four prosecutions that are weighing him down and bleeding him dry? Or do you go with the guy who's got $100 million in the bank account who shows that he's also anti-woke and is a fighter and gets stuff done? Uh, but DeSantis has to make that case for himself. And we do find, and the polling does show, that about 25% of the GOP is diehard only Trump. And those people, some of them may leave the party if Donald Trump's not the nominee. Now, that being said, that's what they said would happen in Georgia uh, in the David Perdue-Brian Kemp primary, that if Brian Kemp won, the Trump voters would walk away. And some of them did walk away, uh, and Brian Kemp still won. So you subtract them from the equation, it's still possible. But a lot of them, at the end of the day, I think, once the emotion passes and they come to terms with Trump not being the nominee, then they're going to have to ask themselves, is Ron DeSantis really uh, so equal to Joe Biden that there's no reason to vote for him? Uh, or is he different enough from Joe Biden and will put enough points on the board for my side that I can go vote for him? It, this is a political calculus. Trump voters are going to have to ask themselves. Uh, and the rest of us are just kind of waiting for them to assess the lay of the landscape and decide uh, I'm staying with Trump. Despite all the problems, despite the lack of money that's coming um, because he's my guy or else, or does the rest of the party finally say, you know what, we, we got we to gotta go somewhere else? Um, that's what these primaries are for. That's how they're going to shake out. Um, I'm very sympathetic to the idea of Trump supporters who look at him right now and say, we got to stand by our guy. I am really sympathetic to the people who say, you stand by your guy, Joe Biden's going to get another four years. But you know what's so remarkable, and this does have to be said, he, Donald Trump can still win in 2024 if he's the nominee because Joe Biden is that bad and so unpopular. I was talking to a reporter this morning and said Democrats do not appreciate the fact that Donald Trump is a viable candidate who could win in 2024. They do not appreciate that enough, and the reporter agreed. It's just true. Trump has a more difficult time, I think, than the other Republicans, but a more difficult time does not mean it's impossible. It's very possible for him to win. 
Now, you can win today by getting a great deal on a computer by going to Vision Computers. And whether it's for your business or for your home, let Vision build you a computer you actually need and want, not just generic big box store computer that's one size fits all. Get what you need, get what you want, get what's made the last to be upgradable over time, a laptop or a desktop, and then they can be your IT department. So literally, you call Vision Computers, they answer the phone. They answer the phone. You don't leave a message. You don't email some random contact at number or email address. You call them, they answer. And if they are busy, they say, hey, let me take your number. I will call you back. And they call you back. It's what they're known for, world-class tech support. They can help you or your business with email, printer, other tech needs. In many cases, remote in. So you don't even have to take your computer into them if there's a problem. And they can help you nationwide, not just Atlanta. I realize it's a 404 area code, but they can help anybody in the United States states home or office they can be your office's it department so you're saving money on on salary because you're not paying an it department you're paying vision and your employees can call directly so you're not troubleshooting themselves they call vision call them at 404 compute talk to them you can go to visioncomputers.com if you want if you go to 404 compute ask about the eric erickson special and they can catch a great deal 404 compute that's visioncomputers.com or 404 compute when the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Get the podcast, live stream, email, and social media links by texting Eric to 33777. Now. Um, you want your laugh for the day? Uh, someone has posted this on Twitter. Um, this person is a white person. You should know that this person is a white person who posted this on Twitter. Unpopular opinion. White people love dogs so much because deep down they miss owning slaves. They love the owner and master dynamic despite for something desperate for something to control. Uh, <laughs> this is a... This is a real person who really put that up. Good gracious, people are insane. Um, wow. All right. So anyway, we have more stuff to talk about. Um, so I want to tell you this out of the gate. If you got calls, if you got questions, I'll answer your questions about this indictment. But we got a lot of other stuff that we need to talk about, including what I want to talk about um, next is... You've got a lawsuit. Yes, another lawsuit. This was very interesting. In Montana, we've talked about it before. We've laughed about it before. That uh, in a first-of-its-kind lawsuit nationwide, a Montana state court ruled in favor of young people who alleged the state violated their right to a clean and healthy environment by promoting the use of fossil fuels. And they've given the standing. Now, of course, this is going to be appealed of course it is bizarre, um, but it is undoubtedly going to be used as precedent for activists in other states to file similar lawsuits. In fact, the Washington Post says that uh, experts say this win could energize the environmental movement and reshape climate litigation across the country, ushering in a wave of cases aimed at advancing action on climate change. It's a rare victory for climate activists inside court. I don't think you're going to see the Montana Supreme Court uphold this, particularly because it would wipe out a large chunk of the economy in Montana if they did. 
But this is where we are, climate activists, uh, kids even. It was kids who filed this lawsuit. And it's a progressive uh, activist judge in a progressive part of Montana that allowed it to go forward. And here we are. It's going to be appealed and thrown out, undoubtedly. I'd be surprised if it's upheld on appeal in Montana. But there you have it. We need to talk about the implications when we come back. First, got to tell you, it's the semi-anniversary sale at Omaha Steaks, 50% off site-wide, omahasteaks.com. You go to omahasteaks.com, uh, you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, and you can see their great anniversary package. You get eight burgers and eight gourmet jumbo franks for free, an unbelievable deal. 50% off omahasteaks.com. Now, oh gosh, here comes my phone again. But at omahasteaks.com, if you put in Eric, you see this. Don't forget, though, they've got sides. they got desserts. Real world here. School's starting back for a lot of you. And you're stressed. You're getting into the routine of school. You're thinking, oh, we got to do uh, to go for supper. Omaha Steaks, you can get ready-made main courses. You pop in the oven, you warm them up. They're delicious, I know, and the desserts and the sides, too. And you save yourself some money. Right now, you get 50% off site-wide. This is a great back-to-school thing, their anniversary sale. Save some money, get deliciousness delivered to your door. Get eight free gourmet jumbo freaks, eight free Omaha Steak burgers with this great package. All you do, omahasteaks.com. You put Eric in the search bar, E-R-I-C-K. You can save some great money, get some great food, and don't forget they got seafood and so much more. OmahaSteaks.com. Put Eric in the search bar. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.